Welcome back to the Lazy Christian Podcast. I'm Mitchell. And I'm Allie. And this is the last part of our series, folks. Yay! This series includes the first three chapters of the Bible. As you know, this series is an introduction to the Bible, also to God's Word, and hopefully your journey. So our goal is surrendering laziness and embracing faith. And if you're joining us for the first time, make sure you go back and listen to part one and part two. You guys have been awesome listeners. Allie and I appreciate you guys for tuning in. It really means a lot to us. Seriously, it's a pleasure to have you guys with us. And make sure you check us out on all social media platforms. The Lazy Christians, The Lazy Christian Podcast, and let us know how we're doing. In Genesis 1, we talked about what God did in seven days and also the creation of the heavens and the earth. It introduces us to God, the almighty creator, and also introduces us to us, how we are made in his image as we are his greatest creation. Genesis 1 was a chapter of God's power. God said, God created, and God blessed. Remember that. In episode 2, which is over Genesis chapter 2, we talked about the Garden of Eden, the creation of man and the creation of woman, and what each of their roles were and what purpose each had. We talked about the Sabbath, the day of rest, and also how the woman was created from the rib to be the perfect helper. The first marriage, the two are united into one, and then the situation that we're currently in right now is we see God telling man not to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And Adam and Eve are now joined in marriage. And now... We are in the most riveting chapter yet, the ultimate sin, (laughs) Genesis chapter three. And here we are smack dab in the middle of the garden with God, Adam, Eve, and a slithering serpent. At the very end of chapter two, we are last told that they were naked but unaware. As you listen to our discussion about the passages we've read, you could see the relationship God desired to form with us and wants to continually form with us. We have to remember it is God that the God is the reason that we are here. He deserves all the praise and all the glory. Exactly. So chapter three, I think, really grabs the attention of the reader because it's of how man and woman face the consequences and the repercussions of when they go against God's will today. And it introduces the concept of sin entering the world. He who should remain nameless or evil, which is all around us today, is is here and it's present and as lazy Christians we allow it as we stated earlier we are the governors of earth under the creation of God and if we are made in his image then why are we afraid to stand up for what's right why is it that we are lost and unwilling to fight why do we continue to be stuck on the couch So we hope that you like what you've heard in this series, and we hope that you got a notion of our stance here on the Lazy Christian Podcast. Mm -hmm. And I will go ahead and read chapter three for us today. Again, this is the NLT version. Please follow along and prepare for our final discussion afterward. Allie, are you prepared? Let's get it. I'm ready. All right, let's go. This is the third part of our three-part series, Genesis chapter 3, The Man and Women Sin. The serpent was the shrewdest of all wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. 
God said, you must not eat or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruits looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open, and then suddenly they felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord walk, Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God said, Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, It was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit, and I ate it. Then the Lord God asked the woman, What have you done? The serpent deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live, and you will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his feet, his heel. Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy and in pain you will give birth and you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. And to the man, he said, since you listened to your wife and ate from the trees whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you though you will eat of its grains. By the sweat of your brow, you will have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. From you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. Paradise lost, God's judgment. Then the man Adam named his wife Eve because she would be the mother of all who lived, and the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Then the Lord God said, Look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. What if they reach out, take fruit from the tree of life, and eat it? Then they will live forever. So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden and sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. After sending them out, the Lord God stationed mighty cherubim to the east of the Garden of Eden. And he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. End of chapter. Wow, what an up and down relationship that was. First the love of the creation, then it goes into the deception, then out comes the lies, then the broken family, and then you're outcast but still loved. Yes, God still loves them. In verse 1, we read, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals God had made. Yes, he was very sneaky, very sharp, very misconceiving with his trickery. In his motives, he goes after the woman and attacks on the childlike judgment of the first two humans. Then at the end, the serpent says, did God really say you must not eat from the fruit of any of the trees in the garden? Oh, I like that. See, I get it. You say childlike because they didn't know the difference between good and evil. 
Yes, they were they're mere children created from God. They know no difference. And through the enemy's artful way of penetrating the first marriage, how slippery the serpent is as he tricks the two into eating the only thing they were not allowed to touch. And because it was only Adam that God told not to eat the tree, he came for the woman, the one that didn't see everything created or was never told directly by God the commandment. See, the enemy came right after they were demarried. And what he does is he attacks at the point of unity. He hates marriage and family because he didn't have one. Verse 2 states, of course we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. The serpent knew to attack Eve because she was the child bearer. Why go after the well-instructed man when you can go after the woman born of the rib? It was Adam's job to tell the woman, but he didn't. He stood there in silence. The enemy made the man and woman question what God already told them they were. The enemy makes you question how close you can get to the line of sin without crossing it. He desensitizes the situation to have more traction so that the sin becomes more comfortable. He almost changes the name of sin. Yeah. So in verse three, it says, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. And if you do, you will die. So I find that kind of funny or ironic because that the woman says that and she's the first one to defend that commandment Mm -hmm. and to tell the serpent the rules instead of Adam doing it, the leader. Yes, because that's a good time for Adam to step in as a man and as a leader. All these blessings, and yet the man and the woman chose to eat of the tree God told him not to eat. Verse 4, it reads, You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. See, what happens is the devil comes in and convinces you to focus on the one thing you can't have, the only thing you can't touch, and ignore the blessings that were already there. Attractions become distractions. Remember, folks. Yeah, I love that. Attractions become distractions. So hold on, though. Why was the tree there and why was it in the middle if it was bad? Because true love is a choice. God doesn't force his love. You always have a choice. And once you start to desire the things you don't have, you miss out on all the promises and all the trees that are already placed in your life. Mm. And in verse 5, the serpent suggests... God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it. You will be like God, knowing both good and evil. So if you remember in episode one, one of the verses that we kept repeating in Genesis 127 was, God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So we were already created in his image. And the enemy will try to convince you that you don't have something that God already gave you. Why be convinced to be like God if we're already created in his image? The enemy enemy knows who you are but will convince you otherwise. Mm -hmm. So in verse 6 we read, The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and she ate it. And then she gave some to her husband who was who ate it with her and he was there with her too. How does the devil tempt Adam and Eve? Well, he makes the commandment nice and blurry. Did God really say, the serpent said? The serpent got them to doubt God through a deadly conversation And through that deadly conversation, it helped the woman to rationalize or convince herself that it was okay to eat of the tree of truth and knowledge. Since Adam is standing there silent the whole time, the devil indirectly challenges the man of his sworn duty to guard his wife in the garden. Yeah, so the story is less about, you know, two people eating the fruit, but more about the sin. When you doubt God's goodness and you ignore his commands and convince yourself to do something you know is wrong, sin is the result. 
and it brings shame. It damages and destroys lives, your relationship with God. And when the enemy comes, when he intervenes in your life, he will only come for one result, and that's to ruin. He will rule your life, your marriage, your children, your business, mm -hmm. your friendships, your health, and so on. So moving into 3.9, um, then the Lord called to the man, where are you? And in 3.10, he replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid because I was afraid I was naked. This is important. God called just to the man, not to both of them. The man is the leader, the head of the garden. It was his job to tell his wife not to eat the fruit. It was his responsibility as a leader. When God calls, where are you? It isn't a question about location. God knows where you are physically. This is about the man's position as husband and leader. And Adam had abandoned his position. Now let's relate this to today's world where there's a desperate need for men to be called back to the kingdom. To be as God defines a man is to be obedient. The culture of the world has a very different definition, Alec. Yeah, that's good. So in verse 11 through 14, it says, Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asks, Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? And in 12, it says, The man replied, It was the woman that you gave me who gave me the fruit and I ate it. 13 says, Then the Lord God asked the woman, What have you done? The serpent deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate it. And then in 14, it says, The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed. Let's play the play. So here we go with the blame game. We all play it. Adam blamed the woman, and Eve tries to blame God for what happened. Then he passes off the blame. The woman blames the serpent, and then God curses the serpent. What do you say we bring up a scenario? Okay. What are we seeing here? A story of life would comp be compared to a that of a father who just bought his son a baseball, and the son throws the baseball in into the window and blames the father for giving him the baseball. What are you talking about, son? I gave you the base the gave the baseball to you as a gift. You chose to throw it through a window. I, your father, warned you what not to do with the gift I gave you, and now you blame me for even giving you the gift. Yes, Dad, if you never gave me the baseball, none of this would have ever happened. I mean, it's just never us, the children's fault. Right, it can't be. We can't take the blame when we fear the consequences. So going into verse 16, then he says to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy and the pain you will give birth and you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. And in 17, it says to the man, he said, since you listened to your wife and you ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you all your life, you will struggle to scratch a living from it. Mm -hmm. So God's telling them their consequences of their sin and consequences that bear repercussions. But to shine some light on the effects that the original sin has, as bad as it was, even though the man and the woman messed up in sin, God still provides for their needs. And he, he does this now. You know, even when we mess up, our needs are provided for. God's still there helping them. So although sin is bad and terrible, God's love is stronger. And it states in verse 21 that after he... He names the result of their action. 21 says that the Lord God made clothing for the animal from animal skins for Adam and his wife. And even though they were never told they were naked, God still clothed them. If you are a man, like it or not, you are a leader by position. You could be a good or a horrible one by practice, but by position, you have been called to lead. As Adam was created before Eve, there is accountability. 
Given the responsibility to guard and cultivate the garden, that is why God called out to Adam when it was Adam and Eve disobeying. As a man, you are responsible for your domain. As a king, God has given you the rule book on how to govern your dominion, and that is the Bible. Use it to rule, guide you, and direct you, and direct decisions so they align with God. So as a response, God is now concerned of what the man and the woman could possibly do to further mess up um, the design. And he says in verse 22, Look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. What if they reach out, take fruit from the tree of life and eat it? Then they will live forever. So this is where the tough love comes in. God has fed them, taught them and provided, but yet they disobeyed. Now they are banished, fully clothed. They are led out of the garden. And then in verse 24, it says, after sending them out, the Lord God stationed a mighty cherubim to the east of the garden. And he placed a flaming sword that flashes back and forth to guard the way of the tree of life. Disappointed, God sends them on their way. Cursed, renounced, ousted, but they got their clothes on. <laughs> no longer naked, but with the knowledge God taught, they are now to provide on their own. A sad but hopeful ending to chapter 3. As I said, folks, in episode one, we want to make sure you go to the Bible to answer all life's questions, not some, all life's questions. I love that. I love how you said that because the Bible is a rule book. It's the playbook. And if you want to know how to raise your kids, read the Bible. Mm -hmm. If you want to know how to date, read the Bible. If mm -hmm. you want to know how to take care, talk to your spouse, read the Bible. Amen. You know, it's all in there. Everything you need. So let's do some final key takeaways from chapter three as we close out the series. So I think the first one for me would be the original sin, the first sin, which can also be considered like a birth defect as we pass on. You know, we live its consequences today. So to be baptized is to take away the original sin, but it's never its results, right? So meaning sin will always be tempting and sin will always be attractive, but we will always have the choice to avoid it. When you are in, in, in another key takeaway is when you are a good leader and you lead according to God, you allow others not to succumb to the enemy's distractions and deviations. Adam stood silent as the sin was in progress. This is Adam's greatest regret. When you are put in that position, are you strengthening the vine, your family, or are you silent? Because the man is supposed to take care and protect the wife and his children as a leader in the kingdom of God. Yeah. And so then I think the other one would be, you know, God told Adam that they could eat from all the trees in the garden except one. So what did Satan do? He got them to focus on the one they couldn't have. God wants us to be thankful for all that we have, not be distracted about what we don't have. And so the Bible tells us that all the trees were delicious and they all were beautiful. Mm -hmm. Lots of key takeaways here, folks. When you lead under your dominion and you do it well, your wife, your kids, even your friends you influence will prosper. When you don't rule over or are unruly to the Lord, you create chaos. Kids won't listen. The wife seeks attention elsewhere. Your integrity weakens as a family. Others rule over your family, whether it's the school, government, social media. It's all bad from there. Arguments, fights break out, destruction because respect is no longer there or never was. God went searching for man, Adam, a gentleman. When God is on the search, will he call your name? 
So why couldn't they live forever in the garden? Because they knew pain now and they weren't meant to live in pain forever. So they were banished from the garden. So Adam and Eve chose to do wrong. They chose themselves over the creator, over God. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, it damaged themselves and then really the rest of us. Yes, I mean, devastating. This has been a journey, folks. We made it through Genesis chapter 1 through 3. This has been eye-opening for us when we read it, and hopefully you feel the energy as we go further into the Bible. Right. I think the Bible is considered a sacred and foundational text, and it provides more guidance, spiritual teaching, and and framework for faith. It's it's revered by millions to inspire the Word of God, offering insights into the nature of existence and, I would say, the purpose of life and even the principles of morality. It continues to be the source of inspiration, comfort, and challenge for individuals and communities around the world. Whether one views it as a spiritual guide, a historical document, or a work of literature, the Bible has undeniably played a significant role in shaping human civilization. Yeah, so, you know, we would love to hear from you guys. We always like comments, and and you want to subscribe. If you want to find us on social media platforms, you know, look for us, The Lazy Christians, Lazy Christian Podcasts. For those of you who stood strong and were right beside us in the readings, we thank you for listening. We would love your support as we do further podcast episodes, series, Q&A, special talks, or just prayer. Yeah, and I think that's something we all need. So, Mitchell, why don't you pray us out? I sure can. Can we all bow our heads and invite the Holy Spirit in and Jesus? Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for allowing us to come together today to hear your world, hear your word. Thank you for your guidance. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your instructions, because we go to the Bible for all of our answers and we pray to you for all of our requests. Thank you for the life that has that has that was given to us as a benefit here on this earth. Thank you for everything you've done, everything you're doing and everything you're going to do. Please bless us as we continue our journey into closer knowing you God and knowing you Jesus and knowing our purpose in your precious and almighty name we pray amen, amen. so thank you guys from the bottom of our hearts you know, we, we look forward to you guys listening to our next episodes and I think that um, we have a Christmas one and mm, yeah. you know we head then it's after that we'll probably head to the story of Moses so yes yeah, Christmas one is gonna be good check it out <laughs> you guys We thank you guys. As always, my name is Mitchell. And I'm Allie. And you guys have a lovely day. Thank you for listening to the Lazy Christian Podcast. (laughs) Peace.